Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Tuesday, December 28th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers will be back in action presumably tomorrow night as more players are added to the NHL COVID-19 protocol list. Yesterday, it was the additions of Derek Broussard, Carter Hart, and Scott Lawton joining Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis, who were from the day before. It looks like Morgan Frost will come out of COVID protocol. Looks like he and Kevin Hayes could be available for the game against the Seattle Kraken in Seattle coming up tomorrow night. A lot of moving parts here. Jackson Cates, uh, Jerry Mayhew, and Felix Sandstrom were recalled to the club's taxi squad from the AHL affiliate Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And with Carter Hart now in COVID protocol, three games in four days, it looks like we could see the NHL debut of Felix Sandstrom on this road trip. That'll be a coach's decision. Kim Dillaball, along with Mike Yo and the Flyers coaching staff, will make that call. Uh, but the Flyers, like every team in the NHL, suffering the same loss of players to COVID-19's protocol list. And again, Broussard, Hart, and Lawton uh, joining Sean Couturier. Ryan Ellis on that list, but obviously not available at this time anyway. So the Flyers dealing with it. And the lines the in practice yesterday were very 2021. How about these lines? Patrick Brown centering Joel Farabee and Travis Konechny. Claude Giroux centering Oscar Lindblom and Cam Atkinson. Mayhew centering JVR and Jackson Cates. Sealer centering Willman, who will be coming back from COVID protocol, and Zach McEwen. D-Pairs, Proveroff and Braun, Sanheim and Ristolainen, Keith Yandel, and Connaughton. So a lot of moving parts here. Before we get to part two of my conversation with Bill Meltzer and some Twitter questions, let's get to the general manager because Chuck Fletcher had a chance to address the media yesterday, and here's what he had to say. Hey, Chuck. Um, hey, obviously, obviously, there were uh, three more players added to the COVID protocol list this morning in addition to Ellis and Couturier. Um, I'm curious as to whether everyone that's currently on the COVID protocol list, are any of them possible to, to join the trip? Um, or should we assume that everyone on the COVID protocol list will not be traveling? No, we're, we're hoping uh, to get Morgan Frost cleared this afternoon. He, uh, you know, the doctors felt uh, with some of the symptoms that he had that he needed to undergo the cardiac screening, which the earliest we could do was one o'clock today. So uh, all going well, and we have no reason to assume it won't, but all going well with the cardiac screening, he'll be cleared uh, this afternoon and, and be available for practice tomorrow. Uh, Kevin Hayes has uh, been completely asymptomatic. Um, he had a negative PCR test yesterday, and, and if this morning's test, which we'll get the results of uh, tonight, is negative, then he will test out of uh, the COVID protocols. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll be at practice tomorrow too. So the no, no guarantee, but we're hopeful that both uh, Frosty and, and, and Kevin will be available to practice and available to go on the road trip tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I guess, um, you know, I'm sure you've been in contact with the league and discussing, you know, the upcoming trip. Has there been any talk of the possibility of, of not going on this trip or is that not really in the uh, in the cards, at least right now? Uh, no, we haven't heard anything. We're just, you know, we're preparing to, to play and um, we'll have a meeting after practice here, you know, hopefully again with some good news on, on Morgan. Um and uh, take a look and see if we need to add a few more bodies to the to the taxi squad with a three and four, you know, three time zones away. It's uh, we want to make sure we have enough enough bodies to get through it. But you know, it's um, you look around the again, look around the league. Teams are dealing with this. Some teams 
maybe dealt with this a week or two ago, and it seems like we've been hit a little bit the last couple of days. But, uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know, again, uh, Hayes and Frost can come back. We have a lot of good players here, and there's opportunity for some other players maybe to get a chance to show what they can do in an expanded role. Uh, with your goalie situation, are, are you expected or do you think Felix Sandstrom could see a game coming up here or is this all just kind of a day-to-day thing? Uh, he could. I mean, that'll be up to obviously Mike and, and uh, Kim Dillabo has a, a big say in that. It's, you know, it's a three and four coming up, coming out of a, a longer absence than normal. So uh, obviously Martin, uh, you know, I'll let Mike speak to that, but I'm assuming Martin will we'll get the first crack at it and, and uh, so we can see how he does and how busy he is, but it's, it's a little bit of hockey here coming out of a, again, an expanded extended pause. So uh, Felix very well may get, get an opportunity and, and uh, you know, everybody coming on this trip has to be ready as we've, as we've seen every, every morning you wake up and uh, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, what's going to happen to you that day. So, um, you know, hopefully everybody that's on the trip will be mentally and physically prepared to go. Yeah, hi Chuck. Can you, I just want to clarify. So uh, the other guys that are on the COVID list, uh, Couture, Ellis, Hart, Lawton, and Broussard, they definitely will not make the trip to the West Coast, or is there a possibility uh, they still could? Uh, hard to say. That the players that went on today, um, again, I would assume it's unlikely for all of them. Uh, you know, you know, potentially you could get somebody back maybe for the last game in Anaheim, but. I don't expect anybody would 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 clear in the next four to five days. Yeah, the the lines obviously are totally scrambled now. How, how do you feel uh, going on this West Coast trip? Do you just shake your head and and it's starting to look like last year, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, again, it's it's opportunity, and you know, we're again, hopefully, Morgan and and uh, Kevin are cleared and and feel good in practice tomorrow and. You know, after one practice and a morning skate, throwing them both in, I mean, that will really be up to Mike and we'll see how they feel. But, you know, we're down a few centers right now. There's no question about that. I think we're down five or six centers. So getting those two guys back would help. And, um, you know, and again, opportunity for everybody and the coaches will, will, I'm sure, work hard to put everybody in a position to succeed. Hi, Chuck. I'm just wondering, you guys had obviously a longer break than you were expected coming into the season with the cases surging what did you talk about with your coaches and players before you went on that break about coming back to ready for this long road trip let's hope nobody else gets sick <laughs> so so that talk didn't go so well uh but uh, no you just again you're hoping everybody uh, a lot of people stayed local some people went home you know you're hoping that guys make good decisions but again the, the you know this uh pandemic's raging right now and it, it's so contagious. It seems like you, you know, I think everybody's trying to do the right thing, but it may not matter uh, if you come into contact with a family member or somebody that may be asymptomatic, maybe they have it. So, you know, it looks like we have a, a few players that tested positive when, uh, you know, a, upon return, who knows, and maybe they've been positive for a few days and didn't know it. So again, maybe a couple of these players will be able to return a little quicker uh, than 10 days, but uh, we'll see. But we're, Right now, we're, you know, the coaches had a good practice today working on some fundamentals, and we're just trying to uh, get this group ready to play and, and try to build off of uh, some of the success we had before the break. Yeah, Chuck, I'm, I'm not sure if you're able to reveal this because uh, obviously they, you know, 
the players deal with different, you know, I guess guidelines with regards to what you can reveal versus staff. But you've you've announced that a couple of staff members have also tested positive. I'm curious if any of them are members of the coaching staff or, or traveling staff that won't be able to go on this trip because of that. Yeah, well, Nick Schultz just returned. I, I will I will say that he was uh, he was out for for a bit there. He returned, but you know, I'd rather uh, you know allow those people their their privacy now. Obviously, with the players, we need to. Uh, per the CBA, we disclose that, but uh, you know, thankfully, right now, I can tell you nobody is is very sick, so we're fortunate. That's the most important thing: everyone's health and safety. And and um, you know, a couple of people have had, you know, I'd say moderate symptoms, but most have either had uh, have been asymptomatic or, or very mild symptoms that dissipated pretty quickly. So we're fortunate there, and, and we're just hopeful that continues and we get people back as quickly as possible. You guys went through a pretty big COVID issue last season, uh, mainly two guys that have been on the list this year, Morgan Frost and Scott Lawton, and Lawton was one of the longer guys last year. Is that a concern to you that somebody that was on the list for what they would call a positive last year is on the list again this year? Well, I think you're seeing it everywhere. Um, you know, I think it's just concerning. You don't like to see people get sick, and, and you hope uh, if they do contract the virus that, again, uh, uh, all of our players are fully vaxxed. Uh, a lot of them are, have had the booster and, and uh, you know, I'll let the scientists and the doctors speak to, to that stuff. But uh, again, we've been fortunate that this year we really haven't had anybody get hit hard. Uh, again, a lot of uh, mild and even some asymptomatic um, uh, cases. So we'll, we'll hope that trend continues for, for anybody that does contract it. Chuck Fletcher in that media availability, reiterating what so many NHL GMs and coaches have been saying about the players that are on the COVID-19 protocol list. If they have symptoms, they're very minimal. And most of the positive cases and the players that are in COVID protocol are asymptomatic. But uh, they're on the list and unavailable for a period of time. And we'll see when some of these players can come off the list. But right now, it's part two of my conversation with Bill Meltzer, taking on some Twitter questions that we posed the other night. And here's how Bill and I tackled those Twitter questions. Thanks to Bill Meltzer for taking the time in a two-part episode. Flyers will be back in action tomorrow. We'll bring you another brand new episode of Flyers Daily at that time. We'll preview the Flyers-Seattle cracking game. And stay tuned to find out if more players are added to the COVID-19 protocol list. Who knows what this game is going to look like tomorrow night between the Flyers and the Kraken from a lineup standpoint. We'll bring you the latest on that on a brand new episode coming up tomorrow of Flyers Daily. Bill, let's get to some Twitter questions because uh, we posted uh, on Twitter the solicitation and uh, people have obliged as they always do. And let's start with... Anthony, Spunky41182, he says, any idea how the league will reschedule games and possibly realign the schedule as a whole due to the recent developments? Uh, we're looking at that window, I guess, Bill, in March, or well, February, actually, when the NHL players were slated to go to the Olympics. They're not now. Uh, that looks like the likely window. Could we see games prior to that move, though, as well, especially with the Canadian issue? Yeah, I, I, I think potentially. I mean, I know one of the things that they were – doing even before all of this, they did a contingency where, okay, if for some reason there's not Olympic involvement, what are the available dates in each building around the league? And for now, I, I think, I think as we're getting deeper into this, more teams are going to be, have more games affected, but so far some teams have been relatively lucky and had minimal games uh, postponed, but you don't want to go three weeks where a team is only playing once or twice. So they're going to kind of redo everybody's schedule. Um, but they have to they have to get through the front end of this first to see how many games that that would affect. 
you know, I know the league doesn't want to extend the regular season and, and end the playoffs late again as they have, but there there is always that possibility where the regular season could be extended a week, a week and a half. Um, so if you end up with a, with a lot of games postponed and, and more games to reschedule, they might be able to do that as well. Um, and, you know, I mean, you're going to have a lot of, you know, you're going to end up with a lot of four and sixes, you know, a lot of back-to-backs. I mean, that's just, it's going to, every team is going to have that. And you're going to have some crazy travel that's involved too, where geographically, you know, you, you might find yourself uh, in an unfavorable situation. Let's just, uh, you know, just use an example. You might be in, in Winnipeg one night and Florida the next. Wow. And that's, that's, that's rough. I mean, <laughs> that's rough, but I mean, that's like, that's the situation that some teams could find themselves in just, just based on what games you've already played what's left in your schedule and when they can fit those games in. I mean, it's, uh, it just is what it is. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Winnipeg in February, then Florida. Uh, that's yeah. going to be a, a nice pack job on that suitcase. Two totally different sets of clothes. <laughs> but the, the NHL is playing all 82 too there. I don't see, foresee them canceling games, especially after all the lost revenue. And even with 50%, you know, buildings in some places, I can't see them canceling a single game and not playing the full 82 unless it gets to a point where they have no choice. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, they want to avoid a situation like the Flyers had in Montreal, where you're playing in an empty building too. They they'd rather they'd rather postpone that game to when you can have fifty percent in in the building. I don't think anybody wants wants to go back to the empty arena situation. That that was that was such an odd game from from both from both sides. No, no, yeah. no excuses. Both both teams are in the same boat there, but it's just uh, you know seeing seeing the difference and just how it drains all the life and, and energy out of out of a game when the building is just dead silence and you can, you know, you, I mean, I guess it's good. The players can hear each other on the ice communicating, but it's, uh, you know, in every other aspect, it's, it's really tough. So it's, um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I agree with you. I think everybody's going to play 82 games. I think even if you have to extend the regular season a little bit, they're going to get the 82 games in. And, uh, it would be a, a real catastrophic scenario if they had to shorten the season again. And, you know, I mean, they ended up in, in, 2019-20 with teams playing an unequal number of games too so yeah. you know then it has playoff implications as well where you're okay you're looking at points percentage you know as opposed to straight up points with the tiebreaker so it's just uh, many 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 reasons to, to play all 82 if you can no doubt mike h tweeted in and said at what point do the flyers become sellers he says i feel like a realistic number of losses is eight if they can manage to go 18 7 and 5 41 points before the deadline they'd still only really be a wild card contender. Well, first of all, I think the only thing they can contend for is a wild card. I think those top three spots, the math is much too difficult. Uh, but at what point do they become sellers? To me, it's in the coming weeks up to the trade deadline because that's when yeah. the urgency creates anyway and a market. Yeah, I agree. I, it, to me, it would be in the last seven to 10 days before, yep. the, before the deadline. You see where you are as to what kind of a run you'd have to go on realistically to, to get in the playoffs. And that's, that's when you make the decision. I don't think it's going to be before that point, unless, you know, unless the flyers were to go on another lengthy winless streak. I, I don't, I don't think you see any decisions before then. Um, and to follow that up, Rick Gelhouse tweeted it and said, I, Jason and Bill love the pod. Listen to it daily as I deliver mail on the Oregon coast. Oh, cool. Yeah. It, if the flyers are out of contention for a playoff spot and they do start selling, who do they sell? Uh, I know Freege wrote about Rasmus Ristolainen, that a lot of teams would be interested in 
what he brings to the table on an expiring contract. Obviously, there's Drew on an expiring contract. I don't know if there's a market for a guy like James Van Riemsdyk, but who are likely candidates that would be in a sell situation if we're going to yeah. play this out? Yeah, I, I think that the, those two guys, um, Martin Jones, teams can always use an ex, you know, Good point. An extra experienced goaltender, especially a guy who's been to a final and to a conference final. You know, funny things happen with injuries and goalies in the playoffs. So you can, you know, you you need that you need that depth and net. Um, you know, you know, I mean, a, a guy like Van Riemsdyk. I mean, there is a buyout possibility after the season just because of you're still looking at a flat cap. I mean, teams are teams will be looking to stock up. You know, and and, and I think that um, you know sometimes when you're you're in a sell mode, you're not necessarily thinking. You know, the as the team that, that's in sell mode, you're looking for for some young guys who can come in and help you. Maybe not, uh, maybe not that year, but who are NHL ready or a year or so out. You know, I I don't know if there's a there's a latter day equivalent of the you know the, the deal with Nashville that uh, ultimately brought Scott Hartnell and, and Kimo Timonen in um, for Forsberg. But I mean, it, it's things like that where you're you're looking to move in, you're looking to bring in some guys who can play. And also, also draft pick assets. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't. The problem, the problem of you're you're mainly bringing in a pick, even, even a conditional first round pick, which you can sometimes do that. But you know, if you're trading with a contender, it's not probably going to be a, it's not going to be a lottery pick, you know. And then 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 you're in that same mode where, you know, if you're drafting in the middle to later part of the first round, you can certainly come up with quality players there, but uh, they're not going to come right in and play. And they're, they're the same the same unpredictabilities that the Flyers have been dealing with for a number of years here, where you can you can draft a guy who's had a developed nicely over his junior career, uh, played in World Juniors, maybe made an impact in the American Hockey League, and things, things like injuries can completely throw a wrench in that. So you know it's it's all it's all the unpredictabilities of, of drafting and development, and if you're going, you know if, if you're going to bring in assets and young talent. Then you also you also need to bounce it off of the veterans too, and I, I know guys like Katorie are going are going to be here and things like that as well. But I, I think that um, you know I, I I don't see a complete teardown right now unless things just really go south. But I think that uh, you would look to move some guys you can you know you can turn something around for in the short term and um, and, and figure out your cap going into the off season. I don't think they you know look, look when the Rangers did their did their quick rebuild. They all, listen, they all, they also got a uh, first pick in the draft. They got a second pick in the draft, you know, out of it. And those haven't been the guys that have been, that have really been the keys of the turnaround. It hasn't been Lafreniere and, and, um, Kaka. You know, and, and Kako. I mean, you know, those, those are still young players who are having the ups and downs of young players. It's yep. been, you know, it's, it's nice when you have a guy like a, a Panarin who only want, you know, who really, he wants to play in your city. And even though you're rebuilding, you can rebuild around them. I mean, that's not a model you can really follow necessarily, unless there is such a player, you know, you, you, you can do that. And they're, they're not, they're not abundant. So, you know, you have to follow you. You have to find your own course. Yeah, and then you get a guy like Adam Fox. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. That helps. Shane Rowan tweeted in and said, uh, "Do you think this Flyers team has a legit shot at making the playoffs?" He said, "Because I believe they do, and I think they have the roster of a playoff team when healthy." Um, yeah, I think they do. They have a shot. Yes. Um, will they? I don't know. I really don't know because of what he said. When healthy, I don't know if this team is going to be healthy. Yeah. I, I don't know. We can't look into a crystal puck. 
and see Ryan Ellis coming back and staying back. That's the thing, right, Bill? Uh, that that yeah, that's crucial. He's such an X factor going forward. I mean, that's uh, that's not going to change. And even if he does come back, you know, for and has an excellent ten games, twelve games, you hope it stays that way, right? Yeah. That's uh, that, that that's always that's going to be a concern. And um, and the other the other thing too is that you know this Flyers team, you know, even uh, you, you can look at that first twelve games of the season and. You know, the, the pattern was really good first periods, really poor second periods, third periods. They were, they were winning games, you know, whatever the, the underlying numbers were, but they were a good third period team in terms of goal differential. Then they just they just hit that uh, that 10 game spell where really increasingly things deteriorated. Nothing much was going right. And over the last five games. You know, the Flyers had some outstanding periods, but they also had some dreadful periods against yeah. teams that are, you know, that, that if you're matching or, or exceeding their effort, you should be beating. And they got nine out of ten possible points, so that that's good. But I, I can't say that I, I got overwhelming confidence from those games that, okay, you know, they're, they've turned things around. They're on a better course now. I, I, still see the, I still see the extreme ups and downs from period to period and the inconsistency that they have to overcome if they're going to – to make the playoffs, um, you know, and part you know, part of it too is not, can you put together a hot run? Oh, you know, that that's not really what the bigger issue when you're trying to make up ground. They, then you have to you have to sustain it because you can't, you can't go on another losing streak after that. You know, you, your, your downs have to be much shorter and those, uh, you know, some of those games would be regulation losses. If you lose them, you need a po- at least a point out of those. That's uh, it, it, it's a big ask. So, yeah. You know, they're certainly capable of making the playoffs, but I can't predict that they will. I, I think that they have a lot of work to do to get there. I think it's, that's fair to say. Yeah, they have to be a good team, not play like a good team in streaks. Yeah, <laughs> they have to actually be a good team, and that's I think that's going to take health, and that's a big question mark. Sure. All right, that's going to put a wrap on it, Bill. Thanks for doing this. As always, we'll see what happens this week. Uh, as they say in uh, broadcast parlance, stay tuned because <laughs> the developments are coming hot and heavy. So. Everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow. Yeah.